Welcome to Kingdom Life Church VA Podcast, where we are advancing God's kingdom one life at a time. We pray that wherever you're listening from, that this will encourage, equip, and empower you to also advance the kingdom of God. Here's this week's message. Objective in this series, uh, addition by subtraction, amen. This is part three I'll be closing out on today, amen. Uh, man, I'm telling you, it seems like, it, you know, I mean, I, it's like, I mean, you just don't want to end these series, man, you know. You know, I was, uh, I was hanging out with a young man before, uh, one time, and uh, he was listening to my, uh, my son, Ayo Ant, amen, that's his uh, rap name, and I was playing some of his music and everything. He was like, man, I mean, come on, man, all of them can't be good. But, you know, he was listening to him, and he was like, you know, was like, oh, my goodness. He was just, he was just going high and high, a shameless plug for uh, Ayo Ant, amen, on, uh, on uh, iTunes and all digital, digital platforms. But, um, but that's how I feel about these series, man. It's like, I'm like, what the heck? All these series can't be good. But they are. Man, the Lord is good, man. God, give us everything that we need, amen. It's not about us because, uh, you know, we got to decrease so he can increase in us. But my objective in this series is to teach and share the significance and the value of being humble and walking in humility as a believer. This is part three, amen. Hopefully you've been humble. Hopefully you had opportunities. I shared with you at the beginning of this series that you have many opportunities to humble yourself. You have many opportunities to walk in humility as a believer, you know, the Bible says in, I think it's yeah, James chapter 4 and verse 6, said God opposes the proud, but he gives grace. Grace. Everybody wants grace, but if you proud, amen, God opposes the proud, but he gives grace, grace to the what? Humble. Gives grace to the humble. What is grace? Undeserved favor, unmerited favor. You didn't do anything to deserve it. You don't deserve it, but God's going to give it to you anyway. Amen. Listen, but it's hard for his grace to be extended when you're proud or prideful. You don't get grace when you're pride, when you're proud or prideful. Grace opens the door for God's favor to come in. Grace opens the door. This is not my message, amen. Grace opens the door, amen, for God to do something supernatural in your life. Hey, Diamond, God, amen. God, uh, God's grace, it opens doors, amen, for, to do something in your life that you can't do on your own. And listen, all you got to do is stay humble. Oh, my goodness. We have many testimonies of supernatural things God would do through our humility. Amen. Amen. Wow. I was, you know, I was, when I was uh, looking at that and talking about that on, um, to myself, even on yesterday, last night, amen, I was thinking about how to, how I was trying to remember when I got saved and I was trying to think about the scripture that, that the, um, that the chaplain used uh, to, um, to lead me to Christ. And uh, it's in the book of Titus, uh, chapter 2. I'm going to look at that real quick. Amen. Chapter 2 and verse 11. thought that was real interesting. Amen. Get excited. You can get excited. I know I throw y'all off, amen. That's, you know, just shout on all of them, amen. Praise God. But uh, y'all got that? Titus 2, 11 and 12, King James Version, amen. Bible says, for this cause, Paul, I sent you to Titus. I sent you to these people. But the guy shared with Titus chapter 2, verse 11 says this. It, for, it, says, it says, for the grace of God 
For the grace of God that bring, bringeth salvation have appeared to all men. This, this, this chaplain, he, this, is, this is the scripture he opened up to me before he took me to Romans. He opened up this scripture to me and said, uh, For the grace of God that bringeth salvation has appeared unto all men, or to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly, in this present world. So, so I was thinking about, about God's grace and being humble, and I was flashing back to when, 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 this, young, when this, 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 this chaplain introduced the scripture to me to show me that I can live godly in this present time. I ain't get a whole lot of amens. I know two of y'all, more than two of y'all agree with that, right? Amen. You can live godly, right? You can't live holy, right? I mean, right now, you don't have to wait till the by and by, right? You don't got to wait till you get to heaven, amen. Of course, you're going to be all cleaned up then, but can, you, can, you can live a holy life. You can live a sober life, amen. You can live a righteous life right now in this present time, in this present age. And that's what God wants each and every one of us to do because of the things he wants to do in our life. It was critical for me to understand that I could live righteous. You see, being righteous is just, it's just, it's, it's, I mean, it's, it's being in right standing with the Father. Amen. But, of course, we know that we know what our righteousness is. Y'all said it a couple weeks ago. But, but God wants to add to your life by subtracting some things. And little did I know that the, the chaplain was sharing with me some things need to be subtracted out of my life because God was trying to add something. Or God wanted to add something to me, but first some other things had to be removed. Lord, speaking to you this morning. Look, he wants to remove things, listen, with your permission. God is not going to come around and take anything out of your life, amen, just because he knows it's not good for you. Amen. Is that true? Amen. We know God is not a taker. God is a giver. Amen. And so when we give God permission, Lord, please, God, Lord, release me from this or release me from that. Even though I don't know what it is, I don't like this area of my life. I don't like when I act this way. I don't like this feeling when I say X, Y, and Z or when I see my brother or my sister. I don't like this, Lord. Can you remove this? Could you help me with this? Because if God went around taking this, you haven't heard, you heard this before, amen, because remember, wouldn't all of us be issue free? I mean, because if God took it, wouldn't he do a good job of taking it? I mean, he would, I don't think, would he leave anything, amen, <laughs> and the residue? No, no, if he did it, he did it, you understand? And so, no, we are free more agents because there's things in your life that you don't want to let go. And those are walls and those are barriers that's placed up. You understand? Even though you could be saying, I want this, but there's a wall that's blocking God from moving on your behalf. And so we have to give God permission. He wants to remove things, but, but with our permission, things that are hindering us and things that are slowing us down, and then add to things, add things to our life that will bring the most value, that will cause the most impact in our life. Don't you want to have impact in this season? Don't you want to make impact in this season? And so there are some things I think are in the book of, I believe it's in Hebrews, amen, the Amplified Version says, lose those things that slow you down. 
Lose those things that slow you down. The traditional said cast, you know, cast off the weight, you know, the, 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 the sin and all that kind of stuff or those heavy things that are, that are weighing, weighing you down. So the old you doesn't have the knowledge or the wisdom or the patience to sustain the new you. Let me say it again. The old you, the old you, the one that you're warring against every day, the one that really wants to be in charge, the one that wants to remain in charge because he or she has been in charge all of your life. And so it's hard. You know, this is what people say. It's easy to put people in position but hard to get them out. So I've been reading a lot of books back, you know what I'm saying, uh, I think Mike Murdoch says this, he said, he said, hire slowly but fire quickly. Hire slowly but fire quickly. So we need to fire our old life. We need to fire the old us. Why are we playing around, letting them hang around? How long are we going to let them trip us up or play games in our mind, in our thoughts, or in our life? Because you know the goal of our flesh, amen, the one that's warring against the spirit is to take us down, is to take us out. So the old you doesn't have the knowledge, the wisdom, or the patience to sustain the new you. Because the old you want it quick, fast, in a hurry. The new you got to be patient. Because God wants to groom you. God wants to grow you up. God wants to shape and mold you. God wants to form you in a way. When God raised you up. He don't want nothing to take you down. Sometimes people want to get in positions fast. But then you can't handle it when you get there. It takes wisdom and patience. To sustain the new you. You got to grow. That's why about what 1 Corinthians 2 and 9 said, when I was a child, what? I spoke as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a what? Man or when I became mature, I put away childish things. It's a process. Some of us still playing with Jack Rocks. The bolo bet. <laughs> Red light, green light. Some, these old school games. I'm dating myself now. The young people are like, we're not following you, Pastor. We're not following you. Hopscotch. Remember the lemon head? You got to jump it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> All y'all got is PlayStation. All y'all got is video games. Oh, how boring. Oh, how boring it's not a joke. <laughs> we couldn't wait to see those video games, man. We're like, oh, my goodness. But we had Atari and stuff. You know, it was good. But no, but so, <laughs> no, no, God, God wants to do something nobody else can do. Not even yourself. God wants to help you get to a place where you can't get to by yourself. Come on, let's look at John. This has been our foundational scripture in this, in this series. John chapter uh, 3, amen, in verse 30, amen, 330. That's my birthday, amen, 330, amen, amen, hey, hey, amen, 330. Yeah, so look, it says this, he must become greater and greater and I must become less and less. So our faith, our faith should not be in our jobs. It should not be in our finances or our homes or our marriages. Amen. Our faith should not be in our spouses, our intellect or our businesses. Our faith, amen, should instead be in the finished work of God. I must become less and less. He must become greater and greater in my life. Let's read it again. He must become greater and greater, and I must become less and less. Not saying that I'm, I'm insignificant because God needs you. 
He needs you on the front lines. He needs you activated. Amen. He don't want you to be AWOL in this army. Amen. Because in the natural army, if you were AWOL, they would come get you and put you in a brig. But I wonder how many Christians are AWOL right now. Glory to God. In the spirit. Amen. You got angelic sheriffs. Amen. They got warrants out for you. They're looking for you. Amen. To put you. <laughs> Look, they're trying to get you back on course. They're trying to get you back on the path. They're trying to get you back on your assignment. Heaven knows you off your assignment, and angelic beings are trying to get you back on your assignment, to get you back on your post, to get you back in position. Because when you get in position, lives are changed, souls are saved, people get set free and delivered. When you're in your position, we're AWOL in the spirit, and God is calling us back to alignment. He has come from heaven. And is greater than anyone else, verse 31, 331. He has come from heaven and he is greater than anyone else. I am of the earth and my understanding or my knowledge is limited to the things of the earth. If I don't get saved, if I don't get born again, then my knowledge and my understanding is limited in the earth. I'm limited if I don't know the word of God and not just know it, walk in it. I'm limited in my understanding, amen, if I don't get the word of God on the inside of me. The knowledge of God is more useful than any human knowledge or any human wisdom. You cannot outsmart God. You cannot outthink God. You can't con them. You can't trick them. You can't fool them. Amen. You have people in the Bible, you know, they, they, they ask God, do you do, you know, like Gideon, you do this for me, I do that, you know, all that kind of stuff. Abraham, you know, there are places where people challenge God, amen, but God already knows what's going on. If he asks a question, if the pastor asks a question, he already know the answer. You know if God asks a question, God know the answer for your next five questions. <laughs> amen. Come on, let's look at Isaiah, Isaiah, Isaiah. Man, I'm telling you, man, I, I was enjoying this. I, I, we're going to enjoy this today. Isaiah chapter 55, Isaiah 55, we're going to look at verse 6. This is God's word translation, God's word translation. It says, seek, seek the Lord while he may be found. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is what? Near. Then verse 7 says, let wicked people abandon their ways. Abandon their ways. Let evil people abandon their thoughts. God said, let wicked people abandon their ways. Evil people abandon their thoughts. And then it says, let them return to the Lord. That sounds like subtraction, right? Let them abandon their ways. Abandon your thoughts. Get rid of your thoughts. Get rid of your ways in exchange for what I'm going to tell you. God is saying, you've been thinking for yourself all along, and look where it's gotten you. Abandon your ways. You've been going on this path for a long time, and you're still not where you want to be. Abandon your way, because your way is not the way. You know, Yahweh is the way, amen, but your way is not the way. Jesus is the way, amen, and so abandon your ways, and then abandon your thoughts, Abandon the way you think because your thoughts can also lead you in the wrong direction. Then it says, he said, return to the Lord and he will show you. So it sounds like they was with the Lord. 
If I got to return, that sounds like I might have been with the Lord. Amen. Of course, they were with the Lord. He's talking about his people, about the children of Israel. Let them return to our God because he will freely forgive them. No guilt, no shame, all our stains erased. You know what I'm saying? No, 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 no. There is no bondage. Let them return to the Lord. God said, I'm going to forgive you. I'm going to freely forgive you. Why walk in guilt? Why walk in shame? Why stay in bondage if God has said, listen, all you got to do is return back to me. Return to me. I'll clean you up, wash you off, and I'll get you out of sin. I'll get you out of your ways. I'll get you out of your own thoughts. Freely forgive you. And then he says this, uh, this monumental thing. My thoughts are not your thoughts. He said, listen, while I got your attention, you don't think like me. Because if you did, if you thought like me, then your life would line up with my life. Wouldn't your life line up with the word? Why? Because this is a book of his thoughts. Book is inspired by Holy Spirit, written by men who were inspired by God. 66 books, promises, and scriptures, and the word of God. Jesus, this is God's thoughts. This is what he think about you right here. You can find everything he think about you in this book. And what he think about your friends, your family, and everything is in here. He says, your thoughts are not my thoughts. My thoughts are not your thoughts. My ways are not your ways. He's, he's letting you know that I'm in a higher position than you're in. I want to bring you up to where I am. And in order to do that, I have to change the way you think. I have to change even the path that you're on because the wide and broad path, the Bible says, leads to what? Destruction. But the straight and narrow path leads to what? Everlasting life. So I got to get you out of the way, off the path that's automatically taking you to destruction because that's not my way. And get you on a straight and narrow path that's going to lead you in a different direction. Listen, all you have to do is, listen, the thoughts are not your thoughts. The ways are not your ways. It's not. So God wants, to, God wants us to get his thoughts and he wants us to get his ways. It says, declares the Lord, just as the heavens are higher than the earth. Remember, we just read it in John chapter 3, verses, uh, that, I guess, verse 31. We just read it, it says that, um, that, um, his, that he came from heaven. He came from heaven, and so he thinks from above. Our thoughts are limited. His thoughts are higher than ours because our understanding is of the earth. That's what he said. Amen? Verse 9 again, just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. Scripture says in uh, 2 Corinthians, or 1 Corinthians chapter 2, I quoted that wrong earlier, uh, 2 and 9, maybe it's 2 Corinthians, but, uh, but the Bible says, eyes have not seen, ears has not heard. That's 1 Corinthians 2 and 9. Neither has it entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for them. Amen? I don't think y'all believe me. Let's, can we get that media? 1 Corinthians chapter 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 9. Let, let me read that to you this morning. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9. It says, but as it is written, eyes have not seen, nor ears heard, or ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man 
the things which God has what? Prepared for those who what? Love him. Those who love God. So the prerequisite for the things that he's already prepared for you is that you love him. So the only question that you need to be asked yourself is, do I really love God? Because if I love God, there's going to be some things that's going to come that's coming my way that my eyes never seen or my ear hasn't heard. Listen, I haven't even thought about it. It hadn't entered into my heart the things that he has prepared for them that love. So I just need to fall in love with Jesus. Come on, quiet. No, <laughs> no, no, really. All I need to do is fall in love with Jesus. Falling in love with Jesus. No, okay. I let, them, I let them do that. But no, fall in love with Jesus. All I really need to do is fall in love with Jesus. So if I fall in love with Jesus, then there's some things that God has already prepared for me. Because see, Jesus said in another place, if you love me, you'll do what? Keep my commandments. It's our love walk. It's our love walk. So, but as it is written, can you get King James on that, please? I'm going to read out my Bible anyway. But as it is written, eyes have not seen, nor ears heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God have prepared for them that love. And verse 10 says this. Let's just keep going. I, I don't even want to stop now. But God have what? Revealed them unto us by what? By his spirit, capital S, by Holy Spirit. That's why it's important to be filled with Holy Spirit because there's things that's going to be revealed to us by his spirit. By his spirit. Then it says, for the spirit search of all things, yeah, the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of a man, save the spirit of man which is in him? Limited, limited spirit of man, lowercase s, the spirit of man, everybody know, we know the things of man. We, we understand how to operate as men, as mere humans in the earth. Amen. So, what, 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 for what man knoweth the things of a man, save the spirit of man which is in him, even so the things of God knoweth what? But the what? Capital S, Holy Spirit again gets involved in teaching us the things of God. You don't know it on your own. You don't got it on your own. People say they know God and they love God, but they, they really don't know him at all. Verse 12, now we have received not the spirit, lower S, lowercase s, of the world, but the spirit which is of what? God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us by God. I got to get out of this. Which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Ghost teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man received not the things of the Spirit of God. <laughs> Neither can he know them because they are what? Spiritually discerned. 
But he that is spiritual judge all things, yet he himself is judge of no man. For he who have known the mind of the Lord, that he may instruct them. But we have what? The mind of Christ. There is absolutely no way for our natural man, amen, to get everything that the Lord has prepared for us without tapping into the spirit. Number one, being born again. That's what salvation is all about. The natural man or the unsaved man cannot inherit the kingdom of God without the spirit's help, without Holy Spirit's help. You agree with that this morning? Listen, let's just back up to 1 Corinthians 2. Let's read the first five verses. And let's look at verse 1. Same, same, uh, same chapter. It says, when I came to you, my friends, this is Paul talking again. When I came to you, my friends, to preach God's secret truth, I did not use big words and great learning. This is Paul again. We, 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 we've been talking about Paul. Paul has come to, these, to the Corinthian church. He comes to the, other, other, um, to the Romans, amen, and he's sharing certain things with them, amen. But he says, when I came to you, my friends, to preach God's secret truth, I did not use big words and great learning. Paul, Apostle Paul has said, I'm not interested in trying to show you my oratorical skills. I'm not interested in trying to just exegete the text and do all, try to be all proper with my speech, trying to impress you with big words. This is what Paul is saying. And he could have, but Paul, Paul said, I didn't come to you like that. He said, this is not a performance. This is not a performance, amen. We're, we're not trying to win Amen. A contest of who can do this the best. Amen. That's why you, <laughs> let me just leave that stuff alone for right now. Praise God. Amen. Oh, but, but anyway, let's go to verse 2. For while I was with you, for while I was with you, I made up my mind to forget everything except Jesus Christ and especially his death on the cross. Have you made up your mind to forget everything and everything except Jesus Christ and especially his death on the cross. Have you settled your walk with Christ? Have you settled that for Christ I live and for Christ I die? Are you settled that you've been crucified with Christ? Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. Have you settled? Have you settled those things within yourself? That our mind is made up. Not trying to draw attention to myself. Verse 3. So when I came to you, I was weak and trembling all over with fear. Paul said, I came to you humble. I could have came, you understand, because of, of his knowledge of the scripture. He could have came a certain way. But all of that is saying is showing how much natural, how you can agree or tap into the natural man, but it's no demonstration, there's no power, there's no deliverance, there's no true freedom, amen, people can still be bound up, amen, but you sounded good, you put all the right words together, amen, you dotted your I and crossed your T, amen, but no yokes are destroyed and no burdens are removed, Paul said, I ain't coming to you like that, Paul said, I ain't trying to impress you. I came weak. I reverence the word of God. I'm stepping up here like it's not about me. It ain't all about me. 
amen, when I step before you, when I come before you, I'm not thinking about myself. I'm humble before you. I'm humble. Me, even me, I'm humble to stand before you, amen, and share the teachings of Christ. People say, I'm humble to open up the word of God and to share his holy writ with you and engage you guys with scriptures that would bring about a deliverance. See, I don't have to talk to y'all like that. Like, what's going on here? This is not a performance where you bow at the end for the applause of man. It's not a performance. Nobody's acting. This is not a, this is not a time to act and read scriptures. A script like you are actor. It's not, it's not the time. It's, it's, we're not reading scriptures. I know my, I know my lines. I can even quote them by memory because I've learned the scripts so I can act any time I need to because I've learned the script. But do you know the scripture? Do you know the author? Do you know the finisher? Do you know the deliverer? Do you know the healer? Do you know the one that's going to change your life for the better? Do you know the one that came and died and bled for you so you can be better? Verse 4 says, and my teaching and my message were not delivered with skillful words of human wisdom, but with convincing proof of the power of God's spirit. Paul said, I'm coming with a changed life. I'm coming to back my words up with my life, baby. I ain't coming up here just to share words with you. I ain't coming up here just to teach you something and then don't walk in it later. I'm coming to prove the word out with my walk, with my life. I am the proof of the scripture and the power and the demonstration of the word of God. I was one way, but now I'm another way. I was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. I come to demonstrate. Time for your walk to match your talk. You're talking, but you ain't walking. Paul is coming to the Corinthian church and giving them instructions and letting them know. I know what you've seen. You've seen the Sadducees. You've seen the Pharisees. Matter of fact, I was one of them. I'm going to read it Philippians later. I hope I get to it. Amen. I got to get to it. Praise God. But, but anyway, no, he, you, you've seen those that wear the crosses and the robe, but don't live nothing. You've seen them that act holy, but behind the scene, they're trying to check you out and pull on your skirt. Amen. They're trying to make, you, you've seen those that, 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 that want to act like they're in a place, but they're not really in that place. They got a hidden agenda. They're not following the things of God. Paul is calling them on the carpet. So I'm not following their trend of fancy words just to, you know, to try to tickle your itching ears. I'm 
My teaching and message were not delivered with skillful words of human wisdom, but with convincing proof. Proof. You say, yeah, prove it. Where's the proof? Where's the proof? Prove it. Because if you don't prove it now, you're not going to be able to prove it later. Prove it. Prove it. Convincing. He said, I came with a convincing proof. He said, oh, yeah, I convinced you because I was catching some of y'all throwing your butts in jail, hitting you upside your head. You know, y'all know something happened. You know something happened with me. Paul said, y'all know I'm changed. <laughs> Verse 5 says, your faith, this is how Paul closed it out, said, your faith then does not rest on human wisdom, but on God's power. Your faith does not rest on human wisdom, but it rests on God's power. Because what all I want to do is prove out this scripture. God, you say you this, you say you that. I made God prove that to me. Because I knew how I used to be. I know where I was before I gave my life to Jesus. I knew what my life was like. And if you saying you're real, prove it to me by helping me change my raggedy life. Get my heart right. Get me on the path where I need to be on. Love my neighbors and treating people the way they need to be treated. You need a heart change with the Lord. God wants to change and shift your heart. And he'll do it if you let him do it. He'll do it if you let him. <laughs> Ain't nobody got that shirt yet. Please, honey, get the shirt. You know what I'm saying? We're going to sell a million, million of them. Maybe I'll be like, hey, well, you missed your opportunities. We're reading the 21 Irrefutable Laws of uh, Leadership, and one of them is the law of timing. And some of y'all are missing timing because you're not listening to what Pastor is saying. Because it may sound like something to you, like, oh, that's just, just okay, all right, all right. I'm going to act on some of this stuff. Let me, let me oh. write that down. Because, see, everybody say, won't he do it, but don't nobody say, won't you let them? You know why? Because won't he do it sounds good because that's just God doing everything. But God can't do nothing, I told you earlier, without your permission. So won't you let him do it? Won't you just get out the way and let God do what he want to do in your life? Won't you move your agenda out of the way? Won't you move your thoughts out of the way? Won't you, you move your mind out of the way? Won't you let him do it? You could be further if you let him. You could be healed if you let him. Because... You heard man's wisdom, but if you let God do it, okay. Well, anybody had a right to boast about their education or their knowledge or their self-sufficiency, it was Paul. Paul was multilingual. He was educated, sat at the feet of Gamaliel, one of the scholars, amen, in his day. God, I mean, Paul, man, let's read his resume, matter of fact. Philippians 3. Verse 5, Philippians 3 and verse 5. That's just going to read his resume. I'm going to read Paul's resume to you real quick. Amen. This is what he said. I was circumcised when I was eight days old, and I am from the nation of Israel and the tribe of Benjamin. I am a true Hebrew 
As a Pharisee, I strictly obeyed the law of Moses, and I was so eager, I even made trouble for the church. I did everything the law demands in order to please God. He thought he was pleasing God. Amen. Eager to please God. Verse 17 said, but Christ has shown me that what I once thought was valuable is worthless. When you come to Christ for real, the stuff you thought was valuable, worthless. It's like Charlie Brown. That's how I keep getting his rocks. What you got in your bag? I got a rock. Oh, and I thought that was a diamond ring. And the kingdom is worthless. It's worthless, man. Worthless. Surrender all that stuff to God. Some of us have to turn all that stuff over to God because it, it, that's why God deal with us individually because the thing that, that, that got me may not be the thing that got you. And so you know what's holding you back between so that you, you can fully surrender to Christ. Whatever that thing is, that's the thing God wants you to release. Remember the rich young ruler, it was his wealth because his wealth had him. It may not be your wealth. You're a big giver and all that kind of stuff, but it could be something else. But what is it? What is that thing that you still want to hold on to? What is it that you don't want to release? Paul said, what I once thought was valuable is worthless. Verse 8 says, nothing. Did he say nothing? Nothing Nothing is as wonderful as knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. Nothing is as wonderful as knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. Is he the lover of your soul? if, If there's anybody that you love more than Jesus, then you need to give that person to the Lord. Anything you love more than Jesus, you need to give that thing to the Lord. Are you listening to me this morning? Because God wants the place in your heart that nobody else has. Oh, man. Pastor, what do you mean by that? How in the world? Yes, yes. You can love God more than anybody else, but he has to, he, you have to have a relationship with him. I love my wife. I know my wife loves me, but my wife and I, we know that God is first. How do you know? Because we put him first in our life. In our life, we do what the Bible says do. We do what the book says do. And we show that through our heart. The Bible says love of God is shut abroad in our heart by Holy Spirit. God teaches us how to love. Y'all heard these stories before. All I had was lust for her when I didn't know the Lord. How in the world we keep hanging around with folk that just lusting after us? They don't know the Lord, so what else are they going to give you? But yet you still hanging out. You still think, oh, they love me. Okay. They lust you. They lust you. Because that's what I, I lust her. Why? Because God is love. And if I don't know God, then I don't know. Isn't that simple enough? So how you love me and you don't know God. But yet we want people to love us to this level when they don't know God. And they can't love you to that level because they don't know how. They don't have the goods. When they get the goods, they'll love you better instead of lusting you. Because, you know, lust is conditioned. 
Love is unconditional. I tell you, boy, you get your life straight real quick like this if you let me. Real quick. Some people just want to stay in the same place. Then don't complain. And I was so eager. No, 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 hold on. Verse 8, nothing is as wonderful as knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. I have given up everything else. Have you given up everything? Have you given up everything? Is there anything in your life God can't touch? Let me tell you something. God can get anything from me. God tell me give away my car, my jewelry, my clothes, the money in my pocket. Without a second thought, it's gone. If you can't do it, you, hold, you love it more. If you can't obey God, you love something more than you love God. Because if you can't obey God, it's, it's a signal to you that I don't love God the way I need to. You can grow and love him that way. You have to build your relationship up. It's no condemnation. But it's, it's a heart check to show you where you are. Are you listening to me? You got to be able to release anything that God asks for. God's, it's like a child. Come on now. We got children. You get them a candy bar. You get, don't get them two candy bars and ask for one back. Or can I have a piece of the one you got? I just gave that to you. They know you gave it to them. And I, you can turn right around and say, can I get... I'm telling you, unless you, unless you train a child up, because you train a child, they're going to they gonna, they gonna look out for you. Shoo. Stingy, selfish. You have to train your child. You understand why? Because they're born into sin. You have to teach them right. You have to raise them up and train them. The Bible said train them up in the way they should go. Why do they automatically do wrong? Because they have the sin nature. It's their nature to do wrong. And until they get Christ on them, they're going to always do wrong. You don't give them Christ, they're going to just walk in, a, they're gonna walk in their nature. You can't expect something different from them if you haven't given them something different. God said, I gave you everything, and you won't give me what I asked for back? I gave you 100%. You won't give me 10%? You still tripping over the tithe that over what belongs to me? You still tripping over that? Out of all these years, I'm still blessing you. I'm still increasing you. I'm still taking care of you, but you're still tripping over that? You still can't be faithful? You still not supporting my work, my projects? You see what the church doing? You see what they're doing? You still reluctant? Oh, okay. All right. All right. I said, okay. I got you. You just showing me where you are. He's showing God where your heart is. Are you listening to me? Because that's where your heart is. Where your heart is, that's where you're what? He said, I've given up everything. He said, I've given up everything else. Paul said, I have become less and less and less. Then he says, I have given up everything else and counted all as garbage. Everything I just read, all his big resume, all the things he learned, Paul just threw it in the trash. I don't care who I used to be. I don't care what type of fame I had before I came to the Lord. Because, and this is what I'm saying, God can use your fame to take you higher. But you know what? Some people ask you to give up the fame. Isn't that interesting how God works? 
Some people will have to give up their football scholarship. Why? Because they love it. Others will use the football scholarship to glorify God. It's what's in the person's heart. And when they, if it's in your heart, God wants the very thing that's blocking you from coming to heaven. He wants you to be with him. And if that's in the way, God says, I want that. What? God, I want that. You, you got to move that out of the way. If you don't move that out of the way, I can't receive you. Because you're not receiving me because you're letting that stand in the way. You're blocking me. Not only I'm not blocking you, you're blocking me with the thing that you love. He said, all I want is Christ. We must get to a place where all we want is Christ. This must be a singing day. I'm just hearing all these songs. Nothing else. It must be the, 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 it's the minstrel that was up here. You understand? That atmosphere. Nothing else. Nothing else will do. What did it say? I just want you. Nothing else. Come on, can you say that for real? Can you really say nothing else? Nothing else. Nothing else is going to satisfy me. Nothing else is going to satisfy you but Christ. You're looking for satisfaction, you're not going to get it from a male, a female, a job, a business. Money can't do it. Businesses can't do it. If you're looking for satisfaction outside of Christ, Good luck with that because you're going to keep chasing it. It's like a high. Think this going to satisfy you? Think that's going to satisfy you? A big, large trip. I'm going to Africa. Okay, but it's not going to satisfy you. I'm going to Japan. Okay, I'm going to Canada. I right. travel all, all the seas. Do everything you want to do. But at the end of the day, only Christ is going to satisfy you. He is the only one that's going to satisfy you. There will always be a void on the inside of you that only he can fill. And we try, to, we try to fill it with alcohol. I try to fill it with drugs. I try to fill it with sex. I try to fill it with all this other stuff. But you can't plug that hole, man, until you put Christ in it. You can't plug that until you put Christ in it. I have chosen to completely abandon my old life. This is what Paul is saying. He must become greater and greater and I must become less and less but you can't do it on your own. You can't become less on your own. The way you can decrease or the way you're going to decrease is you have to start increasing your life in him. How how am I going to decrease properly? I got to start increasing my life in him. So as I increase my life in him, I begin to decrease. It just happens as I increase in him, as I get in the word, as I lift up holy hands and praise and worship, as I'm participating in Bible study, going back and listening to podcasts to increase. I'm in praise and worship, praying on my own, in my secret place. He begins to increase. And then my life and everything I thought living was begins to decrease. That's why he has to be on our mind. Show, share with you earlier, Isaiah 55, God said, I need your thoughts to become mine. That God, when Jesus comes, he said, listen, I, now I'm giving you the mind of Christ. Why? Because I need you to think like me. I need you to get some information on the inside of you that's going to keep you. Man. I, I ask God, God, what is your agenda for my life? Why did you call me? in the first place because I thought I was having a good time when I was out there in the world 
I had all these girlfriends. I had the drugs. I had all. I, I thought I was having this fun. I'm hanging out with all these people. You know what I'm saying? We, we doing all this stuff. And then God calls me. God literally calls me. As I'm, as I'm going down and everything crumbling around me, I reach up for help. Because I remember, you say you can help us. That's what I heard. And I just cried out to the Lord, and he saved me. So now God who called you from darkness into the light, why did you call me into the light, God? He didn't call you into this relationship with him for you to live the same way. He didn't go through all the trouble of being whipped, beaten, bruised, crowns crushed on his head. You know, Easter's next month. I said, Lord, for the message now, come back, man. It's going to be good. He didn't go through all of that for us to stay the same. He wants to help you change your life. He wants to help you decrease. You can't do it by yourself. We're too prideful. We got too much ego. We're too arrogant. We think everything is about us. Our intellect gets in the way. We're too smart. We're too intelligent. We got too many degrees. And so we move God out of the way because, God, we'll let you figure this out, but I'm going to figure that out. God, like, okay, so we just, you're going to let me do it this day. I'm going to do it. You're going to do it. Who's going to do it? Who's going to do it? You're going to do it my way. You're going to do it your way. Who, which way we going to do it? You know what I'm saying? Because meanwhile, time is moving. Time is moving. Time is moving. Time's not stopping. Time is moving. Meanwhile, while we're still trying to figure it out, time is moving when God already worked it out. He already figured it out. Let me share this last story. Man, I, 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 I won't mess it up, but y'all know the story of Gideon. Gideon, the least tribe. He was from the least tribe, amen, in Israel. One of the smallest tribes, one of the poorest tribes. I believe in Judges 6 or Judges, Judges 6 and Judges 7. You know, uh, the Midianites were stealing, were stealing from them. And, uh, you know, so God, he called, he touched Gideon. Angel came to visit Gideon. I know I'm skipping over some stuff. But angel came and, and visited Gideon and, uh, and telling Gideon that, you know what, God has favored you, man. He's beginning to speak some things over his life. <laughs> Gideon like, no, you ain't talking about me now. Not me, not me, not me. But, uh, no, to make a long story short, he puts this army together because they have this big army that's coming up against them, a huge army. Oh, my goodness. And he gathers about 32,000 men. That's all he could scrape up. You understand? <laughs> 32,000. Then God tells them, say, hey, I want you to find out who is afraid because those that are fearful need to go home. Whew. Listen to me, saints. We get ready to go into uncharted territory. God great, we got God great to build. Man, I'm telling you, man, some, some supernatural things is getting ready to happen in this ministry. Some, some things you ain't never seen before. God is about to do some stuff in this city that, that, that you haven't seen yet. And we need to know. You understand? If you're afraid, this may not be the church for you. If you're afraid, if you're fearful, you understand, you might be at the wrong place. Man, that's, that's something to say. No, because you know why? Because it's important to have the right people, not just a lot of people. It's important to have the right people. It's important to have the right leaders. It's important to have the right people in place. 
He had 32,000. God said, listen, tell those that, find out who is afraid. 22,000 left. What the heck? Oh, y'all scared? You too, John? What, Bob? What? Cuz, what's up? <laughs> you, I'm gone, man. <laughs> what the world? I didn't know you were scared, man. You know how I'd be like, dang, man, I didn't know it was you. 10,000 left. You're like, well, we got a strong 10. <laughs> well, yeah, that's right. Did 10,000 leave? I thought 22,000 left. So 10,000 left. I mean, I mean, I mean 10,000 is, is left like 10,000 remains strong. Now, y'all got to smoke what I'm selling, man. On the front row confusing the pastor. Let me talk to the people over here. <laughs> 10,000 left. 10,000 soldiers. 32,000 subtract 22,000 is what? Ten. Good. It's a good math, math teaching this morning. So we've got 10,000 left. Wait, can, I, can I carry on? Everybody on the same page? 10,000 <laughs> 10, soldiers, and we still got this big army over here. So then God challenges them again and said, listen, go to the water. And I want, you to, I, want to get, I want you to tell them, I want you to watch how they get a drink of water. And he said, so some of them, some of them got a drink of water like this with their hand. And then others did like this on all fours, like You know, you're on all fours, man. You're just a dead man walking. You're just a dead man walking. You're lapping the water, man. How you going to get up and fight somebody? You're on all fours. Man, at least be up like this or something, bro. You know what I'm saying? Come on, where you from? You ain't not been in the street nowhere. You better follow somebody that's been in there. You know what I'm saying? You don't be all this on all fours like this. Man, you're done, bro. You're done. Look, he said those that's on all fours. He said this way, but those that's on all fours, Lapping, lapping like a dog. Get rid of them. Get rid of 9,700. 9,700. So he left with 300 men. Addition by subtraction. Addition by subtraction. He subtracted all of those men. Gideon had 300 men left. And Gideon, of course, with the help of God, defeated the greatest army that ever lived. And he did it through a principle. Because that's what God uses. There's a, I'm telling you, there's a time you can walk through Scripture and see when God wants to, wants, to, wants to utilize this principle, addition by subtraction, he'll raise somebody up and show us like he just showed us about the 300. He didn't need all those men to defeat the army. Why? Because God wanted to get the glory. You don't need what you think you need. The problem is you think you're going to get it done yourself. You're going to do it on your own. God is saying less is more. You think you need all this. I got to get all this. I got to have all that. Yeah, you do if you're doing it yourself. But if you're going to invoke God's help, if you're going to use his help, then you don't need all that stuff. You don't need all them people around you. You don't need all them men. You don't need all of that help. All you need is Jesus Christ alone, and the deal is done. Come on, give the Lord a hand, cover praise. 
Thank you so much for listening today. If this message encouraged you, imagine what it could do for someone else. Here at KL, we believe in reaching the one, and you can partner with us in that endeavor by sharing this podcast with someone else. If the Holy Spirit has convicted you or inspired you to join or reach out to us through today's message, please email us at kingdomlifechurchva at gmail.com. If you would like to give towards this ministry or find out more information, check out our website, which is kingdomlifeva.com, and follow us on Facebook at Kingdom Life Chesterfield VA and Instagram at Kingdom Life VA. Don't forget to subscribe so you can hear more messages just like this. There's no life by Kingdom Life.